Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And look who I have with me today to help kick off the service. This is my two-year-old grandson, Chase. Chase, can you look right over here? Yeah. Hey, he's gonna open us up with a word of prayer. So Chase, would you repeat after me? Yeah. Jesus, would you repeat after me? Jesus? Yeah. Say Jesus. Jesus. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. You are good. Good. All the time. All the time. And all the time. All the time. You are good. Oh, you are good. Amen. 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 Oh, we're ready to oh, worship man. now. Amen. Amen. So here comes Pastor Vaughn and the team. Let's lift up our voices to God. Sing the praises of the Spirit 
wrote my story. I'll testify. Why Jesus plus the righteous? I'm justified. This is my testimony. is something to be glad about. God is good and all the time. And we're just gonna continue to worship in this moment. Father God, we love you and we shout your praise. I pray, Lord God, that you would fill our hearts with gladness. I pray that you would open our eyes to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I pray, Lord God, that you would create in us a clean heart that we may praise you, that we may worship you, that we may sing our songs of faith and sing these prayers in unison and in unity. I pray, Lord God, that you would fill our hearts and our lungs with the breath of life today. Lord, I pray that our confidence and our faith would arise in these moments where we're, we hear the sound of the saints together, that we are reminded that we're not alone and we're reminded that we serve a God that never fails and that never loses. We are victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. We have much to give thanks about. We have much to look forward to. We are anchored to this hope of glory. And in Jesus' mighty name, all of God's people shouted in this place. Amen. amen and amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord together.
victorious ones. Give them a shout of praise. Shout hallelujah. All right, man. What a powerful time of praise and worship. I hope that message went to you loud and clear. God has never lost a battle. What an amazing time, Jolene. Amen. We'll be in the presence of God. And I pray that just as we have felt God's spirit in this place, you have felt it right there where you are at. Hey, Jolene is here and she's got some things that she wants to share with us. Jolene? Yes. Well, hello, Cathedral fam. It is always good times and a great blessing to be in the presence of the Lord with you. So once again, thank you for joining us. And I just want to reiterate what the worship team just declared over us, that we serve a God that never loses a battle. And all throughout the pandemic, we've seen how God uses people to defeat the battle here in the Bay Area. All throughout the pandemic, we've seen families struggling to get food. They've lost their jobs, not sure how they're going to feed their children. And yet God positioned Cathedral of Faith to be able to be that blessing. All throughout scripture, you see how God uses people. He used Moses to free the Israelites. He used Joshua to destroy the walls of Jericho. He used David to defeat Goliath. And here at Cathedral of Faith, he's using you to win the battle against food insecurity. But we can't do that alone. God wants to use you here. So we wanna encourage you, if you're free on Wednesday and Thursday mornings to come on out to Reaching Out so that you can serve and be a blessing and live the love out. So not only do people receive food to nourish their bodies, but they also experience the love of Jesus through the way that you serve. Now look, if that's not enough to convince you, to tug at your heart, to come and serve, then here's another thing that may encourage you. Pastor John, he, he pastors our Spanish camper, campus. He's an amazing pastor, committed his life right. to advancing the kingdom of God. And he can push you to Christ like no one else. But brother man can't push a cart with food in it for his life. He almost took a sister out last week. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can push a cart, please come on out to Reaching Out. Right. We would love to have you serve alongside us. You can learn more information about that at the church website or of course, by calling the church office. Yeah, and this pandemic, boy, it has brought, it has shown so many people the reality of uh, the power of our God. And and amongst all of these folks who have struggled, there have also been those that I believe, man, 
they are so resilient. They're so inspiring, Jolie, that so many Christians, they have not lost their faith. They've not let their faith waver or their commitments even weaken. Instead, it looks like they've gotten even stronger. Kind of like the story of Francis. Francis back in May gave me a call and she says, Pastor John, they just told me that I'm going to get laid off and I'm going to give my last, I'm going to give my, I got my last check, but I want to come and leave my tithes at the church, which is one way that you can give your tithes, your offering is come by and drop it off here at the church. So she came and dropped it off. The next week, Francis calls me again. She says, Pastor John, I got a call from the owner of the company. And she was telling me that she didn't know why, but something told her that she needed to call me and make this commitment to me. She said, Pastor John, they're going to pay my salary for the remainder of the year, even though I don't work. Now, this is what happened with Francis. She was committed. It was not wavered her faith. And because she obeyed God, God blessed her even beyond what she expected. Kind of reminds me of the quote that Jesus said um, in Luke. Luke registered it in chapter 6, verse 38. It appears right there. And it says like this, give. And take a look at that. Right after the word give, there is a comma. In other words, that's the action. That's the command. That's the challenge that God has given you, give. And every time that God tells us to do something, there's always a promise of blessing that follows through with it. Look what it says. And it will be given unto you. A good measure. In other words, Jolie, you know exactly what we want. This is what our, how our God operates. But then he gets even deeper. He says, press down. It's kind of like, you know, when you try to fit on all those clothes in a suitcase and you're pressing it down, that's how your blessing is going to be. It's going to be so much that you're going to have to press it down. And not only that, but shaken together. In other words, when you move things around so that you can add more to it, look at what the blessing continues. And he says, and it will be shaken together and run over and it will be poured onto your lap. So I challenge you today that as you make that commitment to stay true to those convictions that you have and the giving of your tithes, giving of your offerings, you can do it by going online on that phone number and just simply write the word give and it'll direct you to where you can give as well as you can come to here to the church and you can give as well. I want to pray with you that as you walk into that, 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 that commitment of what God has placed in your heart for you to do, I want you to keep in mind that and your, your giving, you will bless Cathedral to continue to do the ministry that has blessed literally the lives of thousands during this pandemic. Pray with me. Father God, I pray for every person who's listening to me today and has felt that little tug at their heart of staying true to that commitment. Father God, I pray that as they give, you will give unto them in a good measure exactly what they need. And not only that, God, that you will take them to that level of a blessing where it will be pressed down. It'll be shaken. It'll, it'll be overflowing. Father God, I pray that, that it'll be a witness not only to those who give unto you, but it'll be a witness to all those who don't believe in this, that they will see your goodness. I pray this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. Well, as you know, there's always something going on at Reaching Out. Not only do we have a food program, but this is the place where the love is lived out. And one of the ways that we do that, it may be October, but we're already getting ready for December. Right. So we have an amazing toy drive that's coming up this year. Check out how you can serve in that way as well.
Thanks again for joining us. Now, it may sound strange, but as believers, if you pull back the curtain just a bit, we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. You may say, wait a second, time out, Pastor Ken. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm not ready for battle. Whether you're ready or not, the battle is coming to you. Because in this battle, have you ever seen a picture of an armchair quarterback? Well, in this battle, there's no such thing as an armchair quarterback. All of us are out on the field, and the game we're in is for keeps. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read this. There is no, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting you'll still be on your feet. There are no armchair quarterbacks in this battle. All of us are out on the field. And the writer of this passage, Paul, well, he was no armchair quarterback either. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory when he first visited the city of Ephesus. When he went there, there were people who were practicing the dark arts in the city. There was a temple to Artemis. It was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. And well, they were, they were active forces for evil in that city. And yet, when they heard of the gospel and saw the power of the gospel, these witches and warlocks, they decided to change teams. Can you believe that? See, the, the gospel is not just about being on the defense. It's about going on offense and taking the fight to the enemy. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. We read this about what happened in, uh, in Ephesus. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. This was a major defeat to the enemy. And yet the empire would strike back. And it does in a severe way. We're not exactly sure what happens to Paul. Uh, some scholars suggest that it was during an imprisonment that's not recorded in the city of Ephesus itself. But those spiritual forces become so oppressive and so severe Look at how Paul writes about this experience. He says, at that time we were completely overwhelmed. The burden was more than we could bear. In fact, we told ourselves that this was the end. Anybody ever feel like that? Overwhelmed, overburdened, this is the end. And yet look how Paul continues. He said, yet we believe now that we had this experience of coming to the end of our tether, the end of our rope, that we might learn to trust not in ourselves, 
but in God who can raise the dead. Even when the enemy is the most oppressive and the most severe, because of Jesus Christ, I like how one little girl put it. She told her mom about the way that she resists the devil. She says, mom, when the devil shows up and knocks on the door of my heart, I send Jesus to answer the door. And when Jesus answered the door, the devil says, I'm sorry, I must have the wrong address. And he walks away. Well, see, we can't have victory. Because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to be intimidated or afraid, but we do have to resist. And the way that we resist is by trusting in Christ and taking up the armor that he has provided for us. Last week, we looked at taking up the shield of faith. And this week, we look at, well, here's a a video to get us started. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, it says, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. And when you have a helmet, it's there not to confine you, it's there to protect you. If I only had a helmet, well, look at here, our tech team, they are always right there when I need something. This is a helmet that I actually borrowed from my grandson. A few years back, we had a quarterback who played for the Raiders who came and was with with us on a weekend at church. Now, for some of you, those two things may not add up. You know, a player on the Raiders and a person of faith, you're not used to seeing those things in the same sentence. Can anything good come out of Raider Nation? Well, the answer is, Yes, it can. With God, all things are possible. And he was with us on the weekend. And at one point, he ended up signing this helmet for my grandson. Actually, I think I was more excited than he was because I'm still just a big kid at heart. When the first helmet was made back in 1893, did you know that it was made out of moleskin. I'm not even sure what that is. The first logo to have on a helmet, it was put there by the team of the Rams and that they're designing a future helmet, which will actually be a smart helmet and send wireless signals of impact information right to the sidelines. Now, the main reason for the helmet, of course, though, the reason you get one that fits right And you make sure the chin strap is secure and they have the cushion on the inside of it and the polycarbonate exterior that was designed by bioengineers. You know, all of this is put together to protect the head. Because when you have a helmet, a helmet is not there to confine you. A helmet is there to protect you. There's another quarterback uh, who's one of the stars of the league right now. He goes by the name of Big Ben. That's his nickname. 
he plays for the Steelers. And when he was just starting out in the NFL, he would wear his helmet when he was on the field. But off the field, when he got on the motorcycle, he felt that the helmet was too confining. And so he'd never wear a helmet when he rode. And then one day he had a horrible accident and he went through the windshield of an SUV and he almost lost his life. And looking back on that experience, Big Ben says this. He said, by the grace of God, I am fortunate to be alive. And this time, if I ride a motorcycle, it will certainly be with a helmet. Because a helmet is there. Not to, you know, you, not to confine you, it's there to protect you. So put on the helmet of salvation, the Bible says. But because the enemy is going to try to get in your head, your mind is a major battlefield. Because whatever has taken over your head has taken over you. Let me say that again. Whatever has taken over your head has taken over you. In Proverbs 4, we read, be careful about what you think. Your thoughts run your life. Now, let's say I step onto the football field and you know, I'm 5'10", 170 pounds. Everybody's got to have a dream, Amen. And so I'm lined up and here comes a 250 pound tight end running with the ball in my direction. Now, even though I'm in fantastic shape, once again, everybody's got to have a dream. There is no way I'm going to muscle him to the ground. He's going to run me over like a freight train unless I step to the side, grab him by his face mask, and guess what? Where his head goes, the rest of him will tend to follow. And the same thing is true when it comes to our minds. Our thoughts, they lay down a path. They lay down a track. And what we think psychologists tell us influences the way that we feel and the way that we feel influences the way that we behave. You back up your life to the point of initiation and it all starts in your head. That's why in the Bible we read things like Romans chapter 12, verse two. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you in to its mold. See, there is a world system at work in our world, a secular world system that will try to grab you by the face mask and twist you, twist your thoughts. Because if it can twist your thoughts, it'll twist your feelings. If it can twist your feelings, it'll twist your behavior. Because wherever your head goes, the rest of you will tend to follow. The Bible, though, continues let God transform you instead into a new person by changing the way that you think. Isn't that amazing? I really can see my life change in the most profound way if I work with God 
and let him take control of my thoughts. What does that look like? Let's take, for example, how we're still in the virus crisis. Now, this virus is real. It can be dangerous, and it's highly, highly contagious. The facts are, they show us that we still need to work very hard at making it sure, doing our best to make sure that we're keeping each other safe. And so that's why we continue to social distance or wear our mask or wash our hands and take extra precautions with those who are vulnerable. But here is where it takes the wrong turn. Fear starts to look at those facts and it, well, there's a flame of fear that is created in your mind. And after seven months, all of a sudden you have a a wildfire in your head. You don't have fear, but fear now has you. And when fear controls your mind, well, what ends up happening is it will control your feelings and control your actions until eventually fear has paralyzed you. Think about this. If fear would have gotten the best of us as a church family, we would have never fed all these people, over 300,000 during the pandemic. If fear had gotten the best of us, we would have shut down reaching out. Don't take any risk. But here at the Cathedral of Faith, we are not fear-driven. We are purpose-driven. And so that's why. Well, what faith does, we put on the helmet of salvation. We look at the facts with our helmet of salvation on. And we realize that, well, we've been saved by God, saved for God. and Our lives are secure. They're secure in God. And even in the midst of the pandemic, while we're taking all of the precautions, that God is at work causing all things to work together for our good. And that's why you and I can say it every day. If you know it, say it with me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Because the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen and amen and amen. Put on that helmet of salvation. Because when there's hope for the future, you'll have more joy in the present. In another place, Paul takes the image of a helmet and he gives it a slight twist. We read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let us put on the hope of salvation like a helmet. The hope of salvation. 
Sometimes when the Bible talks about salvation, it talks about salvation in the past, how we have been saved. Sometimes it talks about it in the present, that we are being saved. But here, the helmet of hope, it's looking toward a salvation that is coming in the future. And the great future we are waiting for is how one day, you and I will see the return of Jesus Christ to the earth and heaven and earth will be one. Anybody looking forward to that day? Our vision of the future, it's different than, well, history is not an unending circle that repeats itself over and over and over and over into infinity. Instead, History is more like a line. It had a starting point and it has an ending point. We are going somewhere. And the place where we're going is to the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this about that moment. He said, then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and great glory. This, my friend, is our blessed hope. In fact, This future is so very important. Next month, I'm going to talk about what's going to happen at the end of the world and what is our future going to look like. So stay tuned for that. But we have hope for that day and we have hope for this day. We really do. Because if we don't have any hope for our future on this earth, I saw this one meme about the New York Giants. It said, what do Chick-fil-A employees and the New York Giants have in common? Neither show up on Sundays. Uh Uh-oh. That's exactly what happens. If you don't have a future here on earth, you stop showing up. Disappointment sits in. Discouragement sits in. Despair sits in. That's what happened to one man in the Bible by the name of David. He was facing some difficult circumstances and he was floundering in despair. But then he has a talk with himself. And what he says to himself is to put his helmet of hope back on. In Psalm 42, verse 11, we read, Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. The circumstances around him hadn't changed yet, but the way he looked at them had changed. He had his helmet of hope on. Hope for that ultimate day and hope right here and now. He where there's hope for the future We can take back our joy for the present. So if you've lost your hope, today is the day, my friend, to take back your hope. Take back the hope for your family. Take back the hope for your career. Take back the hope for your finances. Take back the hope for your church. Take back the hope for your city. You have a future. Put on the helmet of hope. And with the helmet on, look right there. 
Look at who's coming to rescue us. Did you know that the first time this phrase, the helmet of salvation is used, is not when Paul uses it. You have to go back 800 years in the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah talks about God is the one who puts on the helmet of salvation and comes to make things right. This is what we read. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. Look at who's coming to rescue us. God has his helmet on and he is coming to make things right. Maybe you would say, Ken, I just feel stuck when it comes to my thought life. God can help you get your helmet unstuck. There's this viral video I saw and there's a kid who has his head stuck. You can see it right here. He has his head stuck between these bars. He's trying to get it out. His dad is trying to help him to get out. But as you can see, he's stuck. And of course, mom is filming it on her phone because that's what we do nowadays. You know, we take embarrassing moments of our kids and we have to share it on YouTube with the entire world. The kid is stuck. And maybe that's how you feel this weekend. That when it comes to your thoughts, there are some thoughts that are so ingrained, some patterns of thinking that are so embedded that, well, neuroscience says they can actually create a little groove in your brain. And it seems like you are stuck. You've been taken captive by those thoughts. Once again, The Bible says that with the help of God, we can tear down those strongholds. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets up itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. See, we turn captivity on its head. Instead of us being captive, we take every thought captive. Is there a stronghold you're battling with today? Maybe you're battling with the stronghold a feeling like your life doesn't matter, your life doesn't count. You are insignificant. When the virus first hit, there was so much uncertainty about the pandemic. The the public officials, they knew they had to try to slow down the spread as, as scientists and doctors tried to catch up. And so what they did is they created shelter-in-place orders and asked people that were non-essential workers to, to stay at home. And yet those who were on the front lines and the first responders, they needed them to really step up. And they called them essential workers. Let me show you how the enemy will work. He will take 
those phrases and he'll, dis- he'll distort the intent and he'll twist the meaning. Non-essential. He'll whisper to you, you have known that all your life. You were non-essential in your home growing up. You were non-essential when you went away to college. You were non-essential when you were at work. And you have known that all your life. I have been telling you that all your life. You are just taking up space on this planet. You're insignificant. Well, friend, if that's been a stronghold for you, again, today is the day to tear down that stronghold. Put on your helmet, the helmet of salvation. The Bible says that I am the salt of the earth and that I am the light of the world, that I am a branch of the vine, that I've been chosen to bear fruit. I'm a masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he prepared in advance for me. That right there, it means I'm essential. Don't let the enemy rob you of your identity. I wonder what happened to that little boy who was stuck Let's watch right here. Here he is stuck. And boy, he's trying to get out. Would you look at this? There he goes. Can you see him? Can you see yourself? He got out and you're getting out. Put your helmet on. I have one more helmet story to wrap things up. There was a, a game, the Super Bowl, that took place a few years back, and there was a player for the New York Giants. He made a game-changing play. He was a wide receiver. A pass was thrown to him, and the thing that it made so amazing was that, well, he caught it against his helmet. Changed the game. But what really captured my attention was the story behind the story. Because David Tyree, his life at one point, it was a mess. His family was falling apart. He was an addict. His future in football was being jeopardized by all the trouble that he was getting into. But then he turned his life over to Jesus. And there was something in that water. And David said this about that moment. He said, this is not just about a feel-good story. This is about purpose and about destiny. Yes, it is. You put on the helmet of salvation because it's not just about a feel-good story. It's about our purpose, and it's about our destiny. Have you ever turned your life over to Christ? Right now, I have the privilege 
of baptizing Richard. Richard has put his faith and trust in Jesus. And because Jesus was victorious, we can be victorious. Richard, I want to ask you a question. Do you love Jesus with all your heart? You're going to serve him all the days of your life. Well, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, away with the old and in with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've never prayed that prayer, I invite you even now to pray this prayer after me. Join Richard on the journey with God. Lord Jesus, I love you. I put my faith and trust in you. I receive you as my savior. You are my rescue story. And I put you in charge of my life. Amen and amen. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And right now, Jessica is coming to sing about how there's something in that water.
Thanks again for joining us. If you have a prayer request, please contact us on social media or at the church office. You can call us. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Right after the benediction is the wrap. It's a way for you to go deeper and further with the message. I encourage you to check it out. Now let me speak God's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Cathedral of Faith, what's going on? Come on in. This is the wrap. I'm glad you had the thought to come in here because where your thought and where your head goes, your body will follow. So follow us on into this conversation as we talk about what Pastor Ken talked about, the helmet of salvation. Good one. Mm -hmm. And so, Julie, what stuck out to you? (laughs) Oh, well, from Pastor Ken's message, um, what stood out to me was wherever your head goes, the rest of you would tend to follow. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, it made me really think back of a time where I was going through a lot of things, you know, and a lot of things was going through my head. I was going through some family stuff, and things were said that, you know, hurt me and, like, stuck to me. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of the day for me, like, it, or... In that half of the day for me, it really, like, hurt me, and I didn't want to do anything, and it affected, like, everything. Like, my body, I just wanted to stay in my room, you know, lock myself in, didn't want to talk to anybody. And um, anyways, long story short, I ended up wanting to just, like, leave the house. And so I went, and I drove to Ross. I ended up just going to Ross. And I was just looking around, and um, I came upon this, like, book that stood out. It was, like, purple. And I grabbed it, and it said, Bible um, Promises for Life for Women. Mm. And I was like, wow. So I started opening it up. And I just opened it up randomly, and I opened on a page, and what I read, a verse that said, um, it's from Psalms chapter 3, verses 3, and it says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. And when I read that in that moment, I was just like, I started to cry. And I was like, wow, you know, like, everything that I was going through, every thoughts that I was thinking, you know, all the things that the enemies was just telling me through and in and out of my head, you know, like, it was just all gone from there. And it was because I, you know, read this verse, and it, God just reminded me that he protecting me he is there with me um and yeah and so I purchased the book and I went out to my car and I just like looked up all the feelings I was feeling that day Mm, anger upset you Mm. know like lonely sad and I was reading Bible verses and it was just feeding my head the truth you know and what's right so yeah way to go that reminds me when my son my son is a football player so when he wanted to buy this expensive helmet and I kept saying why you know the school's helmet is good enough. So he did his research, and this helmet, it, it totally helps to, uh, it protects the, the impact, that mm, it absorbs the big hit of the blows of, yeah. from, uh, especially on the back of the head, yeah. right? This right. Uh, special yeah. helmet. And it reminds me what you're saying. When we put that helmet of salvation and the word of God, all of a sudden, what you heard or what people's mm-hmm. telling you, mm-hmm. all that words, uh, negative words, right. starting to... It protects your mind, right? right? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I love the the correlation of hope that Pastor Ken put with salvation. Like when I think of the helmet of salvation in past times, I didn't think about it, but it's hope because it's already been finished. It's a gift. All of a sudden, everything matters. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden because of that helmet of salvation. So I really appreciated that. And I also appreciate it when he got that picture and he he caught the ball on the helmet. (laughs) Like he wasn't able to catch it, you know, with in his own two hands, but on the helmet. And I think of, I know there's tons I cannot do on my own, Mm. but on Christ, Mm. like, what can I do? 
Mm. It has nothing to do with me. It has yeah. to do with on Christ. Yeah. What a good. gift. What yeah. a gift. Yeah, it just, it, man, it just struck me in this dialogue. Uh, Pastor Ken uh, led the thought with this, that the helmet is there mm -hmm. not is to not confine you, mm -hmm. um, but to protect you. And as we start yeah. to go through this dialogue, it adds a whole nother element of, and it also empowers you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have a, this helmet on and yeah. you have this sort of sense that well, I, now I can, now it's, it's go time, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can go with this. And mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I was the only one that caught the uh, football analogy. I got Big Ben, he plays for a... Steelers. That's right, the Steelers. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Six championships. But that whole notion of like, I need the helmet in one context for football, right. but I don't for other yeah. um, aspects of my life, like mm -hmm. on like on a motorcycle. Wow. Right? What are the areas in our lives that we had, we're, we're, we're forgetting to put the helmet mm -hmm. of salvation mm -hmm. on That's and you know, keep us protected? Again, just reiterating the fact that we're in a war for yeah. our souls, right? Mm -hmm. Again, uh, even as Pastor Ken started, like he, he used a uh, little story about like, he's a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Like, <laughs> right. But there is no opting out of this, right? right. You, no arms you're on the field no matter if you like it or not or if you acknowledge it or not. Mm -hmm. There's a war for your soul. Yeah. And so while we're here, we might as well get suited up. That's you right. know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, again, that mindset that says, hey, I, I need to be ready to fight for, for what's mine. Because yeah. 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 the enemy's playing for keeps. Right. For keeps, That's for right. keeps. And I think about what you just said about putting on the helmet of God. It's thinking like, when if how much pride for us yeah. to be that we don't need the helmet in this situation. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. what does the Bible said? Pride comes right before the fall. And that's where he, Pastor Ken also said that the enemy's looking for a way to get into yeah, your head. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's what we have to be reminded. Pastor Ken said that we are not fear driven, but purpose driven. Yeah. And I think that's what happened when we don't have the helmet of salvation. Mm -hmm. Right. No you know? purpose. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't understand the purpose of what the helmet's for yeah. or, or even a purpose that is driving your life that says, I need protection mm -hmm. over my mind. That's, yeah, that's right. great. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I love that when um, Pastor Ramel said, you know, when you have that helmet on, it makes you empowered. Yeah. And so like, and I thought about like in my situation that I just shared, like when I was feeding my head with, you know, the truth of God, like it made me feel empowered to conquer whatever that I had for the rest of the day, mm -hmm. you know? And so, because in the beginning I was feeling like just out of it, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. so after feeding my mind mm -hmm. with that, the truth of God, like it made me to do what I can do. I, God will help me through whatever mm -hmm. it is for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like so. you even feel like you become like big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every, like, like tears, it wasn't even tears of sadness anymore. It's just like tears of joy. Now. Yes. You know, like yeah. just peace. Mm -hmm. It just hits. Yeah. Tears so. of joy. That's, That's great. Yeah. I, I love too the, uh, the empowering thing about the helmet because yeah. you know you go to football games when they put their helmets on yeah. right and like the crack right. their heads on each other <laughs> yeah. psyching each other up yeah. like and I, and think about it too like how much how much more timid would we be in mm. the game oh yeah if we didn't have it we'd be like i, I don't want to go into that play yeah. mm -hmm. i'm not you know what i mean you were you're going to avoid yeah where the where the action is mm -hmm. because of the way you're suited up yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also think there's a miracle that says like in Romans 12 too, he said, let God transform you into a new person by the way you think. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, it releases like all we got to do is make sure that we're thinking the right things, but it's saying that God's going to do the transformation. Yeah. So I love that because it's still a surrender to mm -hmm. him. And so that there's nothing impossible in us because he's going to do yeah. it. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, this is great conversation. And I hope that, you know, it's happening in, in your homes and in your studies and as you're watching uh, the sermon today, 
Um, but we want to dialogue a little bit further and just kind of ask the question, you know, we, we know what we heard. Now, what do we do this week? Right. So how, what are some ways we can put on the helmet of salvation mm-hmm. in, in our daily activities? Well, oh, I can go. go ahead. Well, go ahead. I think for me, um, you know, just being in the word of God, you know, and, and I think like mm-hmm. everybody of you have like a busy schedule, whatever it is. It's, I think it's just simple, even, it, even if you write off like a, uh, a Bible verse, you know, and like placing it in, in places that you go to every day. Like for me, my laptop, you know, I'm always opening my laptop. I do work on their homework. And so I can like put a post-it mm-hmm. there. Oh, and just yeah. whenever I open it, I can read that. So you can just feed your mind like with the truth of God. And yeah. it's like really important you know, That's to good. That's put good. on that helmet. Mm-hmm. Or put it in, in Ross yeah. when you go shopping. <laughs> Revelations <laughs> yeah. by Ross. <laughs> I think, well, we were talking earlier about talking to yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. power. Not in public. Yeah. Please don't do it in public. <laughs> but there is power in the spoken word. He spoke right. things into life. Right. And so if we're thinking here, let's confess it. Get it out yeah. so it's not stuck in here. And then start confessing the truth so not only that we're speaking it, but we can hear it too. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I actually, I, I remember uh, even just recently for me, mm-hmm. I had I told myself that, um, you know, when I say something like, I can't do it or I'm terrible at this, oh, why do I even try? And I, I, rem- I don't know where the phrase come from. Maybe I heard it from somebody else, but I just said, don't curse that which God has blessed. Mm-hmm. That is good. Don't, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, my wor- I'm my worst enemy by, mm-hmm. be- by the way what I'm confessing and speaking over my own self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. great self-talk. Like, yeah. like uh, you brought up, too, uh, the, the scriptures of David, yes. right, and how he would yeah. encourage himself in the Lord. Yeah, we got to practice our, the joy of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Remind us of the first day we ever mm-hmm. uh, received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. What so the good. joyful day yeah. That was mm-hmm. so. Remember that. Remind that joy of salvation. Mm-hmm. We are uh, purchased by a very, very expensive price. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the, right. You know, Pastor Ken put it this way: that with salvation, right, there's hope for the future, mm-hmm. and where there's hope for the future, there's joy in the present. It. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's there for us. It's That's there it. for us um, just to seek and to find and to tap into. We just, we just, we just gotta take those action items. They take those steps uh, to grab on. Absolutely. Well, our scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Let us put on the hope of salvation like a helmet. Come on, let's do it. And then let's rough it up. (laughs) Cathedral of Faith, we're uh, so grateful to uh, partner and walk with you Mm -hmm. through this. Thank you guys so much for this conversation. I pray that the Lord blesses your conversations. And I just... We pray a blessing over that. We pray a blessing over this week mm-hmm. yeah. that you would, you know, speak the, the promises of God over your life, over your circumstance, over your dreams. And uh, may he bless your studies. May he continue yes. to bless his church. Yes. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing at Cathedral of Faith. Thank you for our pastors. Mm-hmm. We thank you for our, our brothers and sisters that we're linking arms with. And I pray that mm-hmm. you would just continue to inspire us and direct us forward as we engage in this, this war for our souls, but we also engage in a war where we're promised victory because of you. We love you. We thank you. We celebrate that. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as always, it's a wrap. wrap.